Thankfully, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert will not miss time after injuring his finger on Sunday, and that's great news because there may not be one more important player to their team in the NFL. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for eight seasons now, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Today, Daniel, we're going to get into some updates on Justin Herbert and Donna Parham, and then we're going to get into the biggest storylines and overreactions after four weeks of the Chargers season. Because there's always plenty of overreactions to go around, especially when you're talking about the Chargers. But this episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. David, I, we weren't necessarily super concerned that Justin Herbert was going to miss time after what we now know is him fracturing his finger against the Raiders. This is from Daniel Popper. Justin Herbert has a fractured finger on his left hand. The Chargers confirm. Team says Herbert would have played this week if the Chargers had a game. So what I would say to this is, okay, thank God it's not anything worse, right? Because the yes. adrenaline in game can get you going. And that doesn't always necessarily mean you're going to play in the next game just because no. you finished that game, right? I think right. we know now that Justin Herbert is a dog and it's going to take a heck of a lot to keep him out of any game, right? He just is a true warrior in every sense of the word in that regard. But to me, this is so important because when I was thinking about it, I truly don't think there's another NFL team that has a player on their team that's more important to their success than Justin Herbert. Like, I think that, you know, the Bills would win some games with Kyle Allen at quarterback. They have a good defense. They have a good coaching staff over there. I think that the Chiefs would win some games with Blaine Gabbert. Right, because they still have Andy Reid and a good coach, good play caller. I think they could navigate around it and still not, you know, necessarily be a playoff team or a Super Bowl contender. But I think this team would be a mess without Justin Herbert. I mean, we're always talking about getting Justin Herbert more help and making him not go superhero mode for the Chargers to go win games. I don't think there is a player more important to their team than Justin Herbert is to this team. So him not missing any games is great because they really can't afford him to miss even a couple. No, they cannot. It's crucial that Justin Herbert is able to stay out there for his team. And I think it's just in large part because that defense has not been able to back him up and, and keep points off the board for for him to not have to go out there and do everything and be Superman, like you said. Like, he's had to, to do everything. He's had to evade yeah. pressure. He's had to make incredible throws on the run. I mean, he's just had to do it all. And so if, the, if he misses any time, the outlook, it, it's not good. And so... Thank God that Justin Herbert is not going to miss any time. He might have to adjust a little bit, obviously, with the injury. It's not to his throwing hand, thank God. But Justin Herbert is going to be back out there. He's going to be healthy, and the Chargers need that. Yeah, I think the big thing is how much is it going to affect him. And I think one of the things you could point to as far as this is going to change now that Justin Herbert has this injury is at least the snaps under center, right? Like yeah. One of the only times you will see – a team risking going in a shotgun kind of formation. They were in the pistol, right, to kneel out this game. You do not see that very often. No. You're going <laughs> hand under the butt. You're taking that snap every yeah. time in that situation. Obviously, they used him in a quarterback sneak situation after the injury late in the game that failed. 
So they were willing to do it then, but Brandon Staley was asked about it and basically said, hey, we're going to try to use them in all sorts of different formations, right? Didn't get a yeah. clear answer on it. But I don't think it's going to stop him from taking snaps under center. I don't know if it's – I don't think it's going to completely heal during the bye week, but I definitely think it can get to a manageable spot for him. And I think the big thing is, is like as opposed to last year, David, I don't think this is going to affect him, like the rib cartilage fracture that he suffered last year, right? Last year he had shoulder injury and the rib cart- cartilage fracture. I don't think this is going to be that as far as how it affects him in-game. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. It, it is important to note that it is a fracture. It's not a full-on break, so fractures tend to heal a lot quicker. But also, Justin, please do me a favor. Do not mix it up in those situations yeah, when a valuable you, know, lesson. you don't have to. Like, please, keep yourself healthy. We already talked about it. You're very, very important to the success of this football team. It is perfectly okay to make a business decision and get out of harm's way let this be a learning learning decision for you a learning situation for you so you don't put yourself in unnecessary harm's way go let anybody else make the tackle don't mix it up man we know you're tough you don't got to prove it you don't and and it's a great valuable learning experience i mean we've seen justin herbert make some great tackles right i think it's just it's picking your spots. I mean, yeah. last year, you know, if, if you have a queen shot to stop a pick six, of course you're going to go try to get sure. involved there and, and, and make the tackle. Right. Even though I'm sure some coaches would say, hey, get down, you know. But right there, trying to fight through blocks, right, putting your hands up in the area of someone's face mask is something that it has to be a learning experience for him. He also suffered a gruesome fingernail injury, according to Ian Rapport. Seems like that would be at its most uncomfortable during the game it actually happened. And, oh, yeah. Uh, but I think as far as how much it affects him on a play-to-play basis, I'm not super worried about it. I think, you know, it's it's hard to say, hey, it's just going to be all better by the time he takes right. the field next. Hard to imagine there's not going to be anything on that finger, right? Maybe it's just a tape situation. We'll see. But as of right now, I'm not super worried about it going forward, which is great news, obviously, because there's just no one. Like, you think about that play he made on third down, the Quentin Johnston catch, right? That catch yeah. that wasn't a catch that was a catch. Yeah. I mean, that play, evading that sack, having his – elbow hit a helmet and keeping the ball in his grip escaping a sack from max crosby and then rolling out and on the run finding quentin johnson for a first down like me and you were arguing about how many chargers wins the charge would get with easton stick as their quarterback for the rest of the season right like all of us had the same feeling in our stomach when you saw easton stick warming up on that sideline in that last game and that was against a bad raiders team right yeah like it's just justin herbert's justin herbert one of one no more important player yeah he's a top five quarterback in the nfl period the comments that Brandon Staley had about Donna Parham were more ominous to me, but it really wasn't. There wasn't much said there, David. I mean, no. Brandon Staley was asked about it. He was asked if they had gotten x-rays done on Donna Parham's wrist. He said they did. He was asked if they would give the results of the x-ray. He said no. he wouldn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but to me, David, reading between the lines here, to me, it feels like this isn't a good thing. I, I think Donna Parham could be missing a significant amount of time, at least just how that's how I'm taking it. Yeah, I mean, he just says no update. His status will be determined going into the Dallas week. So what does that mean? Does that mean you'll see if he's going to practice? You'll see if they're going to put him on IR. We'll see what we're going to do with him. I think there's probably just still gathering information or they already have that information. They're just trying to determine what that recovery time is going to be. But it definitely does not 
look good. It is a wrist situation. So, I mean, for a pass catcher, I mean, for any football player, you got an yeah. injury to the wrist. It's going to be really, really hard to do your job. I mean, just any aspect of your job, especially a, a tight end where he has to be asked to block and he has to go out there and catch passes. So yeah. it's, it's going to hurt and it's going to hurt the Chargers because this year, for the first time since the Chargers have had Donald Parham, he's been used effectively in the red zone as a red zone yeah. weapon. Yes, three red zone touchdowns. Their best red zone weapon. So yeah, far. The, the, by far. Three red zone touchdowns well, now through four be, games. You're, you're down your top two kind of red zone guys, right? Like, you're yeah. two go-and-get-it guys, Mike Williams, and now potentially Donald Parham. Like, that's a big loss, and that's where they're going to feel it the most. Yeah, they absolutely are. And, you know, thank God that, Austin Eckler is going to be coming back soon because he's the other red zone vulture that is going to be coming yeah. back here. And the chargers are desperately going to need him and that running game to really get going, especially in the red zone where, you know, that's where you're going to be running the football. You got to punch it in. So hopefully Austin Eckler can, can kind of, you know, just soften the blow. Well, some bit. of those, sure. It, it's just different, yeah. right? You're using, you, you have to evolve. You have, your yeah. red zone offense has to evolve, but when they've needed something in the red zone, fourth down play, heater to you know donald parham that that's been big and i think the other yeah. thing is dude it just shines a light on the lack of depth this team has at tight end something we addressed multiple times during the offseason something we hoped got addressed in the draft and unfortunately it was because of donald parham's injury history right he had two stints yeah. on the injured reserve last season and i'm not gonna you know overreact because we don't know if that's where he's headed but when i see likely to be decided next week basically you know before the dallas game what's going to happen that makes me think okay well they're deciding if they need to put him on ir if he's going to be missing four games because of this. yeah that's just how i'm taking it i'm speculating there but he's like gives great effort and blocking right has become such a good pass catcher as far as just being able to catch heaters from justin herbert such a better run blocker in his time and it sucks man because we always wanted to see what this dude can do and unfortunately injuries keep getting in the way but we have more buyer sellers to get into or buyer sellers in general to get into including do the chargers need a better plan for quentin johnston because it, you know a lot of people are getting worried about it we're going to get into that coming up right after this First, though, I need to tell you guys about the only place I buy my ticket to any event now, and that is the Game Time app, because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you, and with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. This is one of the game-changing things about Game Time to me. You can see where your tickets are, and you can just go around the stadium and see the views from any seat you want to, basically, right? And, like, a lot of times, the closer seat isn't necessarily the best view, right? And, and you can actually find that out in real time with game time before you buy your tickets. And they also have a thing called their zone deals. And zone deals are you pick a section, so you know what section you're sitting in, and you can save up to 18% on those tickets by letting them pick what seats you have in that section. So if you guys want to get in the best place to get your tickets, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, that's LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off when you create an account and redeem the code. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, David, what's well, time to get into our buy or sell segment because that's something we like to do every week because there's always a bunch of overreactions and things and storylines with this team. Always, right? We're never yes. short on those things. But <laughs> never. <laughs> one of the things I think people are overreacting about a little bit right now, even if there's still a little bit of reason for concern, is the usage or lack thereof of their rookie first round pick, Quentin Johnston, right? Like, obviously, 
you see Darius Davis has made some big plays, right? Tuli Tuipolotu has made some big plays. And you're seeing it right away to some extent with those guys. Yeah. And where people want to see it right away is with Quentin Johnson. And I think when you only have one catch in the game after Mike Williams gets hurt, right, when you know he's going to be stepping into a bigger role, I understand why there is concern out there. So the buy or sell is this, David. To me, it's more about the plan. So the buy or sell is the Chargers need a better plan for Quentin Johnson. Yeah, I'm going to buy that 100%. I think they, they need to put him in more situations where he can utilize his gifts, which that means, you know, getting a little bit more than three targets per game. Like, it's really hard for any receiver to get into any kind of rhythm if they're not getting the football. But the best way to get Quinton Johnson the football is those wide receiver screens, the slants, those drag routes over the, over the middle of the field. Open up runways for Quinton Johnston to use that, you know, just really long stride and like ability to get up to speed quickly. Like that's what he's able to do. That's what he does. Well, he is a yards after catch monster. He needs to be in situations where he has blockers in front so he can turn into that running back with the ball in his hands. And we haven't really seen it. We've saw it one time when they try to get him in traffic. I don't really like the whole in traffic situation for Quentin. I kind of want to get him, you know, out yeah. in, on the perimeters where he's got a couple of guys in front of him to where he can go, you know, read the hole, make the move and go make people miss that's what Quentin Johnston is able to do also you know hey some of those those deep bombs like you know he can go track the football I mean I, I want to see that occasionally but more so just set him up to use his yak ability that is the best way to utilize Quentin Johnston and hopefully they figure that out sooner rather than later yeah I, I'm wondering it's weird I mean because obviously there's a play in that game we've seen how willing the Chargers are to throw wide receiver screens I mean yeah. I think how much better they are at it this year probably isn't talked about enough because people that don't hate true. them nearly as much because like they've worked for them and they yeah. actually use in the right situations and the receivers are blocking. I mean, it's safe huh? against the Vikings, right? <laughs> uh, but like, there's a time where they had Quentin Johnston blocking for Keenan Allen right on a wide receiver screen, and it's like, well, okay, well, it feels like that should be switched, right? Those yeah, use the 21 year old, not the 31 year old, please. And I wasn't at every training camp practice, but I mean, they did try that at practice and it wasn't always the best. Uh, I'm wondering how much that's kind of lingering there just because it wasn't super effective. And I think, you know, when he has a full head of steam and catches the ball, that's a little bit different, right? Yeah. Than catching it static and Correct. then getting up to full speed. Because obviously once he spreads out, like he he's very, very fast. Yeah, yeah. He can run um, away from people. Yeah, for sure. And so I think, you know, drag routes. Right, crossing routes, things like that. They tried it a couple times. I mean, truly, when I went back and watched all 22, Justin Herbert, if he saw him, there's probably, you know, a couple plays that would have been big plays. One of them that would have been a touchdown if he had one more second, right? Oh, if he yeah. Had one more second to let him kind of get into that next throwing window, he had a, a touchdown at least. And well, even on his one catch, plays. too, Dan. I mean, he was wide, wide open. If Justin right. Her Herbert hits him just a little bit before that, there's a ton of green grass in front of him, and he could really eat up some grass with his long stride. So that could yeah. turn into a much bigger play than it did. This is the other thing. Justin Herbert has to trust him, right? Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's you the thing that chances. you just – because there was times where, to be honest, Justin Herbert wasn't looking for him. And, right. and and it had more to do – like if you, early in the game, there was a pass that Justin Herbert made for like a seven-yard gain to Josh Palmer on the left side on a little comeback route where, yeah. you know, he was totally covered and Justin Herbert just put it in a place where there was no chance the DB could get to it. Like right. Quentin Johnson had five yards of cushion, ran a really good route and got a ton of separation on the other side. But that's not who Justin Herbert's go-to guy is, right? right? Justin yeah. Herbert also gave him a chance in the red zone on a very contested play, right? That was, would have been a, a really tough catch to yeah, make. Yeah, that's a tough one. Year. Yeah. Yeah, and, and defender got their hands on it too. So, like, yeah. 
that was part of it. He did get a deep shot down the sideline, a back shoulder throw. That's part of it too. But in this this is the thing, though, is like you can't use Quentin Johnson like you use Mike Williams, right? Like, right. I don't know if throwing kind of jump balls down the sideline to him is the best way to try to use him. Definitely like, not at this point in his career, no. But that's what the bye week's going to be about, David. Yeah. That's what Brandon Staley said, and it seemed to me when he said this, he was talking about Quentin Johnson. He said, I think that this probably what is on our mind the most during the bye week, just making sure that we're maximizing our group. Are we utilizing them to the best way possible? For example, a young player, how his role is at the beginning of the season isn't going to be what it is in the middle to the end of the season. How are we going to get him to that point where we're maximizing him in that way? And the Chargers, David, now down Mike Williams, have this chance to find new ways and better ways to use him. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like he's talking about Quentin Johnston in that situation. I mean, it just doesn't seem like any other player really fits that mold. I'm sure and, there are, but like, sure. it feels like he would be the main guy, though. Yeah, right? yeah, he's like, the poster boy for that whole yeah. situation there. But And I, I think it's just because of the lack of usage um, and them still trying to figure out how they can maximize his gifts because Quentin Johnston is a player that can change this offense if he's put in the right situations to use his gifts to succeed and i don't think that we've seen that so far so hopefully he gets a little bit more featured maybe he gets a little bit a couple more plays earlier on and justin herbert has to develop that chemistry like you said that trust factor yeah. with quentin so he can go out there and make plays and you can also give quentin opportunities to go show him that he can earn that trust i think that's definitely important for both of those players i mean josh palmer keenan allen they put in that work with justin herbert over time to earn that trust quentin johnson is going to have to do the same with his quarterback absolutely and it's going to take some time right i'm not worried about this yet like no i saw this early on with josh palmer too the connection wasn't right there right away the little right. nuances of you know quarterback receiver relationships yeah, weren't all timing. dialed in and just the ability to be like hey i'm gonna throw this and just trust that quentin johnson's yeah. gonna go get it type of thing so exactly I, i'm not worried about it i think you know I, after watching him and watching kind of the separation he was able to get, it's not as maybe consistent as you would like it to be, but like he's getting open. Uh, I was, you know, I watched it. Sometimes they just didn't have enough time to get it to him, but it's not like he's totally lost out there by yeah. any means. But let's get to another rookie receiver that made a big impact in the game. And that was Darius Davis. And David, he's been good. Even yeah. when they've used him offensively, he's been pretty good. Some moments in special teams he'd probably like to have back. But the buy yeah. or sell is this. The Chargers need to expand Darius Davis's role on their offense. Yeah, I mean, this is a big buy for me. I think Darius Davis is is the most electric athlete that the Chargers have on their team. I mean, he is so quick. He gets up to top speed so fast. He makes people look bad in the open field. I mean, absolutely horrible. I mean, what he did to one of the Raiders linebackers, or I think it was a linebacker it's or a safety. A corner, I think, Jacorian yeah. Bennett. Oh my Zero. gosh, yeah. that, that that was bad. I mean, he made him look horrible. He was in the right he, spot. That's he basically the word for fell. It. Yeah, I mean, he basically made him made him fall over. I mean, he broke his ankles on that one. He was like, but "I'm Darius right Davis here. Does I'm that. waiting. I'm yeah. waiting for you. If you cut back, you're done." And he just got his Whoop! ankles snatched away from him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's just Darius Davis has that electricity, and yeah, I mean, one rush for you know 51 yards, basically. I mean, he had you know three rushes, but the other two went went for no gain. But that uh, that's what he can do like that's what he is is capable of doing if he has if he has any space he can find the crease and he can explode through it with that type of, of electricity that playmaking ability is there and and you know coach Staley said it he said he provides, uh, provides a lot of playmaking yesterday both out of the backfield and as a receiver he continues to improve he's going to make some mistakes but he's an important player for us 
as you can see, he gives us that difference-making explosiveness in both ways, and I couldn't agree more. I, I do want to see them probably send him deep a couple more times. I understand he's a little bit smaller in stature, and he doesn't have the biggest target area, but, I mean, if you put him in the right situation to just blow past guys, he absolutely can do that. But, yeah, I want to see a bigger, bigger role. Uh, I think this was a good start uh, against the Raiders, but, yeah, I want to see more. Yeah, I, I mean... I think not trying to do too much is something with him, too. I've seen like he was making kind of all the wrong decisions as a punt returner yesterday. Um, you yeah. know, muffed one out of bounds that was kind of on the run. That's probably when you want to let bounce, and there was a couple that he let bounce that you don't want to let bounce. Brandon Staley gave credit to the Raiders punter as a sidewinder that was kind of sending up some punts hard to get a read on, but the Chargers lost a lot of field position in those regards. I think the only thing is, hey, he's a smaller dude. He's your main return man. If you have him on the offense more, that's opening up more chances for him to potentially get injured. And who are you taking those away from, right? Because we know they love Josh Palmer and Keenan Allen. I'm I'm going to sell this. Nah, it's hard. I'm somewhere in between. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, his touches are great. It is a little boomer bust, right? Because he can't get taken down quickly. But you have a fourth and one play that he gets 10 yards in the first game of the season that picks you up a first down. Then in the last game, right, he has a 51-yard carry. Yeah, that dude needs to stay involved in the offense for sure. But there are more buyer sells to get into because there are more overreactions. Can this Chargers offensive line be good without Corey Lindsley? Or is this kind of what they are at this point? Has Kenneth Murray turned a corner? Does Brandon Staley hate Daniel Popper? We're getting to it right after this. All right, before we get into that, though, David, I do need to tell everyone about the best sportsbook in America. And, of course, I'm talking about FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's all you, mean, all you have to do, $5, and that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose on your bet. Right now, for this upcoming weekend, the Chargers are currently one-and-a-half-point underdogs against the bye week. See if they can make that ground up. But, yeah, not looking great so far. Now, with FanDuel, though, the one thing that is going to make a Chargers-less weekend much better is having some juice on the rest of the games. I mean, you can make any game more entertaining if you have something going on. And there's so many things to do. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. I'm always going player props. I love player props. Anytime touchdowns, things like that I'm going with. But right now, all you guys have to do is visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. You will get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place that $5 bet. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. David, there are more buyer sells, more overreactions to get into, but that's just on today's show. Make sure you guys are back here with us the rest of the week because we will continue to be here throughout the bye week working on some interviews to get done to, hopefully trying to get some Chargers players on the show potentially next week, fingers crossed, but a lot more. Thank you guys for checking out today's show. We love the everydayers, and we appreciate you guys making us your first listen today. If you guys want to, we also have a new thing going on right now, our new subtext program, basically a personalized SMS system where you guys can text us directly and get your questions into us. You can also get some preferential treatment on the Chargers mailbag days, or we'll just answer your question directly in that moment. But if you want to get on the show, you can definitely do that too. You guys can hit us up in the show notes. We have a link to our subtext, 14 days. You can get it for free, but there's a lot of fun we've been having for there. And you'll figure out which players we're trying to get on the show for next week. But let's get into the rest of our buyer sells here, Dave. Let's start with the offensive line, who admittedly had a rough game. The buyer sell is going to be this. Obviously, they're missing Corey Lindsay right now. The offensive line can still be good without Corey Lindsay. You're buying or selling that? 
Yeah, I mean, Corey Lindsley is incredibly important. I mean, he's one of the best centers in the NFL by far. I mean, he hasn't given up a sack, I don't think, his entire time he's been with the Chargers. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just unbelievable what he's been able to do. Um, you know, how, the impact he's made setting protections for Justin, especially the first couple of years that he's been in, in the NFL, has been a, a big help. But I am going to buy it. I do still think that they can be a good offensive line, even without Corey Lindsley. Uh, they've given up seven sacks in the four games, a little under two sacks a game. A lot of pressures. I mean, a ton of pressures, 47 pressures, and, and, and that's just about 10 a game. But I think Will Claps actually played pretty decent in his first game. I mean, and I think the continuity of having him a second year in the system makes me feel a lot better about this situation. I do want to see the the guards play a little bit better as well. Jamari Sawyer and Zion Johnson, I think they're going to have to step up their game with Corey Lindsley not uh, being in in the lineup, but the, they're going to have to utilize this bye week to kind of, you know, reestablish that chemistry. That's what it's all about for offensive line play. Uh, but I still do feel like they can be a good offensive line unit, even without missing the great Corey Lindsley. Yeah, I think I would buy that they can get to average. I mean, they've only been so good even with him, right? Like, I I think they've been better probably than people think that they have. But, I I mean, it is a a huge loss. Uh, And and I think the thing always with even Will Clapp last year, right, was like Will Clapp ended up being fine, but the guards around him played much worse. Yeah. Corey Lindsley wasn't there to help out, right? So I'm not super worried about it. I think he'll be fine. But I think another big part of it, too, is, hey, 16 pressures allowed on 33 pass-blocking opportunities by the Chargers offensive line yesterday. That's almost 50%, right? Almost Yikes. half of his snaps. He was under duress. But I think it's context as well, right? Because Josh Kelly had the most pressures allowed of anyone on the team. He allowed five pressures yesterday on seven pass-blocking attempts, one of the most underrated part of Austin Eckler's game that he doesn't get nearly enough credit for. And I think the other big part of it is the running game absolutely disappeared. I think some of that can be attributed to the running backs as well. I mean, there were some holes that were left out there. Brandon Staley said as much. But Corey Lindsley missing at least the next three games. I think we have to kind of at least open up the possibility that could be the rest of the season. So it's hard to know with something that's unknown, basically, you know, non-emergent heart condition. It's just really hard to say. But we know the next three weeks against some good fronts and guys like Micah Parsons, right? We're going to kind of see what this offensive line looks like. And I mean, Max Crosby was an absolute animal, too, which made a big difference. But let's get to this here, David. Another buy or sell, Kenneth Murray. We've had a couple of these. I think he's put together a pretty consistent stretch recently. Buy or sell, Kenneth Murray has turned a corner. Yeah, turned a corner. I mean, that that's a that, that's a difficult one to 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 talk it about. It was here. yours. You yeah, picked it. I, I know, I know. <laughs> it uh, is tough, but though. I get just it. looking at the totality of, of his game, I think I think it, I'll, I'll buy it, and, and it's kind of uh, interesting because all of the Chargers linebackers that get into the last year of their contract. They always tend to put it together, and they always tend to play season, a, least, a little sure. bit better. Yeah, a lot better than we've seen. You know, Drew Tranquil, Kaiser White. I mean, the the, the you know the <laughs> the potential people go on and on for that that situation there. But Khalil, I, I honestly I think he's been good. I mean, Kenneth Murray has been a lot better than what we've seen from him. He's at least been able to read and react. I think he's done better in the open field, making physical open field tackles. Also, saw him absolutely run over Josh Jacobs <laughs> and get pressure on on the quarterback which was great I think that's when he's at his best really when he's just able to use his physicality get downhill and and go run through somebody I think that's really when he's 
when he's been at his best this year. Um, still issues with missed tackles. I think still probably a liability in coverage as are most linebackers. But I think it has been the best like three game stretch that I can remember seeing from Kenneth Murray, and that's definitely a positive sign for the Chargers' defense. Yeah, I mean, I think you know in coverage, the big thing for me is it feels like he's getting at least closing the distance on catches that happen in front of him much better yeah. and actually has better been better with open field tackling has some t- misses in the run game that have sure. come back and hurt them but I-, I think he i'll buy that he's turned a corner i think he's a better player than he was last year is he going to look like a first round pick i don't know but i think in coverage he's been better uh, as a pass rusher he's been better seems like he's playing with more confidence he still has some issues in the run game getting off blocks and things like that but the chargers run defense hasn't been doomed because of it right it's yeah. not like they've had a terrible run defense so I think he has turned a corner. I think it depends where you have the bar for this one, but right. I think he's definitely better than we've seen in the past. All right, let's get to this last one here, David. Brandon Staley hates the Athletics beat reporter Daniel Popper. Are you buying or selling this? I mean, hate's a really, really strong word, so I'm not going to buy him. I'm going to sell it, but I will say that he definitely gets way more annoyed with Daniel than anybody else on the beat or anyone else that, uh, that's asking him questions. You can just hear the attitude in Brandon He's like, Staley's come on, responses. Daniel. He actually said that. He's like, yeah, come I on, know. Daniel. It's it's kind of funny, honestly. It but is very funny. Yeah, I, I, I mean, hate's a strong word. I, I'm not going to go that far, but he definitely does not like Daniel very much. I'll buy it. I mean, uh, it, it, the only times we've ever seen Brandon Steele kind of lose it, I mean, he lost it on Jeff Miller the LA Times right after a Daniel Popper question that got him aggravated. It started when Daniel Popper, after 0-2, after two late-game meltdowns, asked about the Jacksonville Jaguars game. The big thing is, is I feel like the questions are fair. Man, sure. like I, I feel like he's being fair with his questions. He's asking questions. Obviously, Brandon Staley doesn't want to answer, but I think it's fair to try to hold him accountable. And I don't think he's been out of pocket in the way he's gone about it at no. all. I mean, but like even he was just asking him in his second to last press conference about like Asante Samuel Jr. And if he was telling him to try to get down, if you read the transcripts, you wouldn't realize kind of the way he was talking about it. Like he seemed visibly annoyed. You can tell yes. that he's irritated by the questions. I don't know if he hates him, but like. He definitely has gone under his skin a couple times, and I don't even really think that he's asking anything that's super outlandish. Like, it doesn't seem like he's coming for him just to come for him. But no. it's funny, and I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's gone brand steely to break character a couple times. And break character, I, you know, might be a loaded term, but, like, we haven't seen brand steely crack much through a lot. He's cracked a couple times, and, brand, and then Daniel Pomper's gone in with some of those questions, especially yep. recently as things have started to heat up. But... That's going to wrap things up for today's show. Make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for our Chargers mailbag. Hit us up on Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can hit up David Drogemeyer's DMs at DrotalkST. That's an old one. DrotalkST on Twitter. You can hit me up at DanTalkSports. You can also make sure you don't miss the show by subscribing or following for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listening wherever you get your podcast from. Probably do some shout-outs for all the five-star Apple podcast reviews that we've gotten. You guys have seriously made our year with that. That's so cool. But you guys can also find us on Instagram at LockdownChargers and on our Locked on Chargers Facebook page as well. But make sure you guys are back here tomorrow with some more from this last game and a Chargers mailbag. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.